This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Yak Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track mounted accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bay Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the153anglers.com to place your order today. This segment is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. You're listening to Bass Fishing for News on the Fan Podcast with your hosts, Ryan Milford and Sean Lavery. Welcome back to Bass Fishing for News on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan, and I am back. <laughs> uh, it's 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 been a while, and unfortunately for all y'all listening, you have to hear my voice again. But yeah, I'm back after a hiatus. We got my co-host in here, Sean. How's it going, That's Sean? Up, guys, not bad. I'm happy to have you back, brother. Yeah, I, I figured maybe you were liking it, having like full control of everything yourself, you know. All the, no? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll just say I'm happy to have you back and leave it. <laughs> uh, it's good to be back. It's uh, It's been a rough, uh, I guess, month or so. You know, work's been killing me, so I had to step away. Uh, just with so much going on and everything, but... uh. Yeah, we should be back to normal now, and uh, yeah, so let's get started. We're we're in spring, you know, it's around the spawn and all that, so everybody should be excited, ready to hit the water if you ain't been fishing over the winter. I know a lot of you up north have been having a, you know, 
been a little bit harder for y'all to get out. Um, but yeah, tonight we also have another return. We have the return of the jig master, Mr. Cody Jennings. Hey, Welcome thanks back. for having me here. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yes. So, uh, how you been, Cody? Oh, I tell you what, I, you know, staying busy and uh, happy to hear you're returning here as well. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty nice being back. You know, I get to get to learn something. Maybe you you can teach us something tonight. That's but, pretty unlikely, but yeah, we'll we'll go for <laughs> it. <laughs> well, I know you were on an episode with Josh and Brad not like not too long ago, and you were talking about some new product and stuff. So we're gonna. I guess we're going to dig a little deeper into it tonight and talk about like, I guess more technique and rod and line and all, all, what we do, you know? And, uh, so, uh, yeah. Where are we going to start boys? What do you think, Cody? I think the, the, the finesse jigs maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I guess I'll hold one up here. Um, I have one too. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So this uh, finesse jig that I recently launched, um, you know, I had a lot of people reaching out saying, hey, man, like, when are you going to do a finesse jig? When are you going to do a finesse jig? And, um, you know, to be to be quite frank, I never I never really liked fishing. them. Um, you know, so I kind of always kind of stayed away from them for a while just because I didn't have much experience. Um, but then obviously, you know, kind of my cornerstone piece has always been that that flipping jig that I make. And, um, you know, everybody's like, hey, we really want to see a quarter ounce flipping jig kind of made with that head or a finesse jig made with that head. And um, one of the hurdles I had, um, you know, with a standard kind of finesse jig, you see how the skirt flares upwards on that short side. And um, I was like, oh, easy. I'll just cut a skirt in half, slam it up there. Yeehaw. On the, like the um, light wire quarter ounce and the issue was and I did that obviously well duh it's just a big flat at the bottom of my flipping head so it just fanned out like this versus you know coned up there mm -hmm. and um so anyway so started going through some design tweaks stuff like that never really fell in love with anything um and then I kind of thought like hey instead of doing a weed guard maybe we could position the skirt collar in a kind of a different plane there and um you know do a center pin screw lock and, um, you know, and that's, that's what we ended up doing. And, um, you know, really since I've launched that, I mean, the, the people went crazy over it and, um, you know, so it's been, a, been really cool to see that, you know, Hey, like if you spend a little bit more time on the engineering, stuff like that, do something a little bit different, um, with performance in mind, you know, you people will notice. Well, let me ask you this. Um, I don't have a lot of experience with a finesse jig. You know, I think I've picked one up here or there. Um, but, you know, never really knew what I was doing, like what the difference was, I guess. Right. So what? how does that differ from like the flipping jig? Like what? what's the, what's what's scenario the scenario using that in yeah. instead? Yeah. 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 So, so, I mean, naturally, you know, basically with how the skirt is, it's um it's just a smaller profile right and um you know you get a little bit more action of the the inside area of what would be on the skirt you know compared to how normally you have it umbrellaed over 
Um, you know, so the inside part, all it's doing really is just sticking to whatever soft plastic you have on it, where that actually will pop more now. Um, and then also, once again, with that little bit smaller profile, um, you know, really it's kind of, a, for the most part, like a colder water application. Um, you know, a lot of times you're going to be fishing these slow, you know, whether it's super early spring um, or getting into pretty late fall. Those are going to be the two main times that, you know, it really is, um, you know, it's at its kind of peak performance per se. So it's, it's more of like a small profile jig then. Yeah, you know, and and on the other side of it too is it's also going to be a great option if you have a very very high pressured body of water, um, you know, because still a majority of people are going to throw those full skirted options, and it's just a you know it's a big profile. The fish are used to seeing it; they're not quite used to seeing finesse jigs as much. Okay. Yeah, you're making me a little more excited, and then it being like truly weedless. You know, that yes. it's really good to go through like structure and stuff. Yeah, you know, and one of the, one of the things I've always said, you know, the term weed guard is one of the most uh, you know, m- most uh misunderstood concept, you know. They call it a weed guard and all it does is catch weeds, right? So it should really be referenced as a brush guard, right? It's going to help yeah. you in timber and stuff like <laughs> that. But as far as uh weeds, it's just catching them. Yeah. No, I don't ever throw those into weeds. <laughs> right, yeah, and uh, I have one here actually with no skirt on, um, just so people can kind of see, you know, basically how it's rigged. You know, essentially, it just ends up kind of looking like a, you know, a Texas rig per se. Yeah. It's so it's it's almost like a a little bit bigger of a shaky head with a skirt on it in a way. Yeah, yeah, and that's a, a good way to look at it. You know, it's kind of like a skirted shaky head, basically. Okay. Well, sweet. I so, like it because I can throw it on my spinning rod, and I don't. Feel yeah, you know, it's a lightweight. It's a you know, it's a, a super compact jig. Um, you know, and it's going to come through. You know, it's still going to come through the timber fine. It still has that flipping head that kind of gives it a stand up presentation, um, and allows it to come through. Uh, you know, like the timber, like I said, but also you do get that benefit of being able to come through some more vegetation as well. And. I can still throw it on my uh, with my bait caster. So, yeah, it's the best of both worlds. Yeah, wow. sounds like you guys have a little competition between spinning and casting. <laughs> yeah, hey, I will say I finally got out for the first time in 2021, and all my fish came off a Ned rig on a spinning combo, and I do not hardly ever throw spinning combo but it's all they would buy i tried crankbait i tried jig master underspin with swim bait i tried uh, several different techniques and the only thing i could get bit on was a ned rig and (laughs) it's unfortunate man i I hate throwing them you know i i (laughs) so i say if it comes down to me wacky rigging or me you know doing a ned rig and stuff like that you know i'm probably just going home (laughs) it's just just not my thing you know i've always been even the finesse jig which it's you know kind of changing me a little bit um but for the most part i've always been a power fisherman you know it's it's half ounce flipping jig or a half ounce of three-quarter football and then a half ounce spinner bait and a half ounce buzz bait i mean that gets me through 95 percent of my fishing no matter what time of year it is um, but I am finally starting to get, you know, more and more open to the whole finesse side of the market. 
Yeah, I mean, I really feel like if you want to be really successful, especially when it comes to like tournaments and stuff like that, you got to be able to do both. Like you got to have some power fishing techniques and you got to have some finesse fishing techniques. It because like that come tournament day, you you got to be versatile. You like because they might not be hitting what you want to throw. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, in, in, in today's world and especially in the tournament fishing side, right? Um, you know, there, there's just not really any one trick ponies anymore. You know, back in the day, you used to have like, a, you know, who was one of my favorites of all time. You had like a Denny Brower who, you know, it didn't matter what the conditions were, time of year, lake, whatever. He was flipping a jig the whole time. And um, it worked really well for him back then, you know, but just the level of angler now compared to, you know, you know, kind of where they all originated from, um, you know, with technology and all the different baits and stuff like that, you know, that you, you really have to be well-rounded to compete. And that's why I don't fish tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I'll throw a Ned rig if I have to. Um, I actually started out that day I went out, I started out, um, well, when I switched to a spinning combo, I started out with the I was about to say drop shot, not drop shot, uh, shaky head. And, you know, wasn't getting anything. Switched to the Ned rig and, you know, started catching them. So I don't know what it is. I guess when it comes to finesse, I'm a Ned rig guy. And, Cody, I'm going to ask you this because we, we actually talked about this on one of the last episodes that I was on. Do you consider jigs finesse? It, it depends, you know, so, so personally, I think any sort of full skirted jig. So, you know, basically like my football, even if it's light wire, you know, and even if it's a quarter ounce, um, you know, a full skirted jig, I don't, I don't consider finesse. Um, you know, it's a little bit bigger profile. Um, you know, a lot of times you're fishing for those bigger bites. You're not getting bit as much maybe compared to if you were Texas rigging a small plastic. Um, so no, I would say for the most part, most jigs, I would consider more of on the, you know, quote unquote power fishing side. And then especially as you bump into those big, you know, half ounce, three quarters, you know, et cetera. Because that's kind of one of the big, you know, misconceptions too, is like, if you take a full skirted jig and you look at the difference between a quarter ounce and a three eighths or a quarter ounce and a half, what that fish sees is not much different you know, the skirt is 90% of its profile, you know, yeah. between the skirt and trailer. So if the only thing you're switching is the weight, the only thing that's changed is just that fall rate. Well, so, see, I mean, like, you, you're not helping me out here, Cody, because so like, yeah. here's uh, a half and a quarter. Can you tell the difference? It's, it's pretty negligible. <laughs> you're yeah, not no, I, you're not helping me out because Sean's like, you need to do more finesse stuff. And I'm like, I throw a jig that's finesse enough. You know? <laughs> well, I'll get the finesse jig out now, right? And then uh, then you can shout them up. Yeah, it's called a finesse jig. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I made one specifically for your argument, right? So now... So my question is, do you fish it the same way you would fish a normal jig? Are you still flipping it? Or are you just dragging it along the bottom, little hops? How are you working it? And yeah, so, any- so 
Oh, sorry there. Um, no, so for the most part, you know, it's it's. I'm really focusing at it with shallow water. Um, you know, now obviously you can still drag it, you know, drag it out deeper, stuff like that. Um, but where it pertains to me and especially up in my area, you know, I'm really focusing on it, just, you know, flipping high pressured lakes and relatively shallow water, you know, timbered docks, a little bit of vegetation. Um, so yeah, so I would say it has more of a shallow water application, um, at least the specific one being the, you know, the flipping style. Okay. And how about uh, what line and, and stuff do you generally throw it on? Oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, shameless plug here, but I actually started um, carrying um, it's a, uh, well, line, fishing line. So made it simple there. Um, you know, obviously I'm a fluorocarbon junkie. I've, I've told everybody that. Um, and for the longest time, I would throw any fluorocarbon unless it was 20 pounds or, you know, if it was 20 pounds. <laughs> And, um, but no, for the most part, for fishing a jig like this, um, you know, you're probably going to be okay with the medium to even like the medium heavy kind of rods. And, you know, I would say for the most part, you know, anywhere above 12 to, you know, 15 pound test, uh, fluorocarbon. Um, you know, I always leave people to fluorocarbon, um, you know, and this stuff, honestly, it has a great price point and, you know, great performance there. Um, but yeah, so more of your kind of, you know, you know, where your tip has a lot of action. Um, you know, certainly I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to throw this, this finesse jig on, you know, a broomstick per se, you know, or a pull cue. Um, you do want that little bit of tip action and it'll help you on your hookup ratio. What was I about to say? I, I, I had a question in my mind like 30 seconds ago. And, uh, <laughs> oh, I was, I was going to ask you, okay, you, you were talking about the line size used for that. What do you? I know we've talked about this before, but it's been a long time. What size line do you use for the flipping jig, just for comparison? Because I use yeah. Like, so I, I'm I've gotten to where I use like 15 pounds just for the flipping jig. Yeah. So um, standard for me, if I'm throwing football jigs out deep, or if I'm throwing you know flipping jigs and you know relatively heavy cover. Um, for the most part, I'm always using 20 pounds, you know, somewhere I don't like to go under 18, but really that kind of 20 to 21 pound test is kind of where, you know, I'm, I'm throwing most of the time. Okay. And now that's where a big difference with jig fishing is I wouldn't make that same argument if I was throwing mono because the thicker the mono you have or the heavier pound test, the more it's going to float. Um, so depending on what style you're fishing, that, that might not help you with a fluorocarbon, you know, it sinks. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm okay with throwing the heavier pound test. If you're throwing a jig on mono, you just, you need to go get some fluoro. (laughs) 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 Uh, Hey, I've, I've done it before. I've been there when I first started fishing, like one of the first techniques I ever had success with was a jig. And all I used was trialing green mono and because that's what I knew from catfishing. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't know about the other types of line and all that, that mono's got stretch and I don't like that stretch. Now that I know a little bit about what I'm doing, I don't like that stretch when it comes to jig fishing, um, setting the hook, you know, I, I like that firm hook set from, fluoro so yeah yeah you know and, and, and 
And the reason I recommend like the, the 20 pound stuff, you know, when I'm flipping, you know, especially relatively heavy cover is, you know, I want to hook that fish and I want to move that fish, mm-hmm. you know, with mono, like you're saying, where it has so much stretch, you know, when you set the hook, yeah, you're penetrating the hook, but that fish probably hasn't moved that much, especially if it's of any size, you know, to where, you know, if I rip through on, you know, heavy fluorocarbon, I know that, Hey, as soon as that hooks through, I'm actually pulling that fish versus the line stretch. And that way you can get it away from the cover before it has a chance to really, you know, get you in trouble. Yep. Exactly. uh, I've kept, you know, I I used to use like 20 pound and, you know, after, you know, there's been a couple of interviews we've done where people like really downsize stuff and, so I've kind of got more than like 15 pound for it, but I'm going to guess you probably fish a lot heavier cover than I do. Um, a lot of my jig fish come like, just like, I don't know, this sounds bad. I'm fishing rocks. I know rocks can nick your line and stuff. So you should still be using something heavier, but you know, just kind of bouncing it down a little rock bank or something like that. But uh, yeah, I've, I haven't had issues with it with the 15 pound, but yeah. And 15 is not that light by any means. You know, if you would have said, Hey, I'm throwing it with eight or something like that. Like <laughs> yeah, I would, I would be a little nervous and that's On just my me extra heavy rod. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but I mean, there are a lot of people, you know, I know plenty of people who never throw anything over 12 pound fluorocarbon. Um, and, and when you do go lighter, you do naturally have a little bit better castability. Um, you know, so that's the importance. Like when do you start bumping into those, you know, those heavier fluorocarbons that that's where it's going to actually make sense to kind of do your own study and, and, and see what has the least amount of memory for that pound test. You know, because I mean, there are some out there, you know, you go to take it off of a spool and that thing looks like a freaking pigtail all the way up, you know, well, it's not going to cast that well, you know? So, um, you know, there are, I mean, like I said, the, you know, the, the line fishing, you know, I've had great success with it's super, uh, you know, limp per se, but on the other side too, you know, some of the lines I previously, you know, really liked was, you know, like Seagar and Vizex. Um, you know, those are a good one. Um, and then, um, uh, Sunline FC sniper for a while, I really like that, but it, it seems like a lot of those bigger companies and stuff, after a few years, after they get people hooked, they change that blend to cheapen it up a little bit for them on the manufacturing side. You start having the memory issues again. Yeah. Um, I've heard a lot about that FC Sniper, but a lot of people were trying to, you know, find an alternative to that. I've, I've never really looked into it the last time I was in a fishing store. I saw it. Like a lot of people talked about how expensive it was. And, you know, right. compared to compared to like P-Line and stuff, I didn't think it was that big. You know, there was a few dollars difference, but I didn't think it was that big a difference compared to some of the other big fluorocarbon companies. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think Sunline was ever outrageous on their pricing. Um, like I said, when I first started using it, I love the stuff. Um, I mean, you would take it off the spool and it would just be hanging, you know, almost straight like braidwood or something, mm-hmm. um, which made it awesome. Um, but then probably about two years down the road, and I think I got to it about a year late on the market. Um, but about two years down the road, you just started having like, you know, you would buy a brand new spool 
And like I said, there'd be so much memory in it. I mean, you couldn't cast it without a bird's nest pretty much. You know, you had to be really cautious. Um, and then you started having some like, you know, abrasion issues and stuff like that as well. So, um, yeah, so that's one of the things like pretty much every couple of years I, I've, I've switched, you know, uh, you know, what's my preferred fishing line. So have you, have you personally switched all yours over to line with stuff you're carrying? Yes. Yes. And that's one of those things too, you know, if I'm going to carry it, you know, I got to put it through the ringer. You yeah. know, you know, if, you know. I mean, I'm not. You know, if I'm going to help kind of support another company, stuff like that. You know, I want to make sure that you know the stuff is the snuff, right? And um, you know, so yeah. So I've I've used their braid. I've used their mono. Um, you know, their fluorocarbon, their tour level fluorocarbon. Um, you know, and everything's pretty much you know at least past my criteria for sure. What? Just curious, real quick. What's the price point on that? I, I tell you what, I mean, and it, it's a little bit different between the different pound tests, but um, the standard fluorocarbon, which, I mean, you know, like I said, that, that's honestly what I use. A lot of times I'm not even using the tour level. Um, but the standard fluorocarbon, I mean, you're getting a 150-yard spool. You're getting it for 13 to 14 bucks. Um, oh, that ain't bad at all. You know, it's, no, it's, it's honestly, like I said, the price point on it's great. Um, you know, compared to if you were buying like a Seaguar and Vizex for the same spool, you're talking $27 about, um, or yeah. the, you know, the, the P line, you're probably right at $20, you know, so it has a great price point too. You know, that's another reason, you know, I'm a big fan of it. Can I ask a, a total noob question for, you know, I don't fish a ton of jigs. Uh, I'm still learning. Um, and you know, I've heard, uh, two different uh, things on when you're fishing a jig. It, you know, I, I and I always think of like I like to cover water until I can find fish, and a jig isn't something I necessarily think of. That is that something you guys think of? And then my second part of that question is I've heard you know if you're trying to cover water, you cast it in, hop it twice. If you don't get anything, pull it out and cast again, and just work your way down. But then I've also heard the very opposite end of that is you know if you're fishing a jig and you think you're fishing it too slow slow down so yeah you know i, I i'm not a big believer in the super slow down stuff um you know and especially when you're getting into tournaments or stuff like that you know i mean you got to find active fish um you know but even then just for fun fishing and stuff like that i mean for the most part i am more of that you know hey pitch it in there hop it you know up to maybe four times and uh get it out of there and re-pitch you know, so I, I can cover a lot of water with a, you know, with a jig, um, you know, and really the things that I focus way more than necessarily too much on how I, you know, kind of, you know, hop it a few times, um, you know, I really just hone into targets, right? You know, if you get those nice transitions where, oh, we got this big brush bank and all of a sudden it goes to gravel, you know, right in those areas are traditionally sweet spots or, you know, hey, if I got a, you know, I got a, if I have a whole bunch of laydowns, but one comes way farther out on the lake, you know, hey, that's probably one that's going to have a few more fish on it. You know, I mean, you still fish them all, but you start kind of picking up on these things. And a lot of times it's just that cover that has a little bit of difference in it um, compared to what's nearby. Um, and that kind of helps you even then pick up, you know, as far as, you know, quote unquote, speed fishing, covering water is you can start narrowing out, hey, this is the target I need to throw at four or five times everything else is a one to two pitches, right? Gotcha. 
Now, Cody is much better with a jig than I am, but I'll throw my two cents in there. I've caught fish on a jig while moving it pretty quickly and while not moving it at all. Yeah. Um, my, my previous PB, like this is just examples that pop in my head. My previous PB that, uh, the one was about five and a half pounds right around that, that I caught on jig masters jig. Um, I was throwing at this wood structure, let it sink to the bottom, you know, give it a couple little hops or lightly drag it, but I was continuously moving it. And then at the very end, I was about to reel in. You know, I kind of popped it up, started reeling. As soon as I started reeling, boom, set the hook, brought it in. Um, and then an example for not moving at all that I've got is um, I was fishing the jigs only tournament back in June. And again, using a jig master's jig, I was throwing up and underneath these tree limbs, uh, cast it up under there, let it sink. And, you know, I hadn't moved it at all. And then all of a sudden, and, and this was kind of weird because previously yeah, uh, fishing a jig, um, I feel like a boom, boom, whenever I get a jig bite. You know, everybody talks right. about the jig bite because, you know, you feel it and it gets your heart pumping whenever you feel it. This one, I didn't feel a bite. It just picked it up, and I saw my line running across. Set the hook, brought it in as an 18-incher. So I've caught fish both ways. I don't I, I don't think that you can really say there's a right and a wrong way to fish it all the time. I figured I it was somewhat figured. situational. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, and not only situation, but it's also just a confidence thing, you know. And as knowing of an answer as that is, you know, I'm just a big believer in it you know um you know you look at a spinnerbait versus a chatterbait i can't catch a fish off a chatterbait save my life you know you can even put the fish out it for me and i'll cast it out there and that fish will come off you know <laughs> i just can't do it and uh but with a spinnerbait you know which is something that a lot of people have kind of shied away from i mean i have all the confidence in the world i mean you know i'm i mean that's definitely on one of the rods you know flipping jig spinnerbait buzzbait i'm taking those anywhere and uh, you know i just have so much confidence in those baits you know i still have never caught a fish on a spinnerbait and the jig bait or not, uh, the uh chatterbait thing i i was starting to build up confidence in the jackhammer and like i I'd caught a few fish on it you know i was feeling kind of good in it. and then we were doing our spring bracket tournament and i believe it, this was back in may um we were doing the spring bracket tournament. I was actually doing it solo one day, and I caught a fish on it, brought it in, measured it, all that stuff. Very next cast, cast out, reeling it, boom, get hit, and it felt like a good bite, too. It had to be a good fish. I go to set the hook, line breaks. There goes my $17 lure. So, <laughs> so I, I'm I'm kind of scared to even mess with them anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, not all of them are, are seventeen dollar jackhammers, you know. But yeah, um, yeah, but those seem to be. I will say, yeah, I mean, yeah. and the, the thing that really I will say bothers me about them is at the end of the day, you have all the same components there. You know, the lead shaped a little bit different stuff like that. You know, I, I don't see where it constitutes the $10 price jump. 
Um, you know, well, and uh, well, I I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. Okay. Um, uh, I know Josh and Brad have done episodes with like Z-Man reps. Um, that talks about that, like. Mm-hmm. how the components are better on those than other, you know, yeah, maybe the same theory, but the components are better, stronger, hold up better. Uh, it's tungsten instead of lead. I believe it's tungsten, right? And it tungsten? I, the I jackhammer? So. I'm pretty sure so. it's tungsten. Uh, so that that's one. Yeah. Uh, and and that can help. That can definitely add up to the cost. I kept thinking on my side uh, that that was lead. Um, you know, but yeah, tungsten, I mean, definitely, yeah. yeah, tungsten definitely will add to the cost. And, and the whole reason there is just the manufacturing side of it. A, it's not near as available as lead obviously is. Um, but also, too, like its molten point is 10 times that of lead. Mm-hmm. You know, so Joe Bob in his garage with a lead pot isn't going to be able to pour tungsten, you know. It's just going to sit in that lead. I honestly okay. don't even think that it's that you're allowed to in the U.S., if I'm correct. I believe it has to be outsourced to other countries. Uh, yeah, so pretty much 97% of the tungsten you see on the market comes out of the same factory in China. I had heard that before, too, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, and it's pretty much like, and you can do your own kind of design and stuff, um, but as far as, like, who's making it, um, typically that's all coming out of the same factory. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, that's and everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, that's crazy! How are these people charging different amounts?" Like, well, no, it's still everybody can kind of controls their own blends, their own shapes, stuff like that. I mean, I mean, like you look at a company for taking a wild tangent here, but like Johnson Controls, well, they make eighty percent of the car batteries and boat batteries you see on the market. You just don't see one that says Johnson Controls on it. You know, they make them for interstate AC Delco. You know, all those different places. You know, so that that happens pretty often. Yeah, that it's amazing how many things are made by somebody completely different than the company selling it, and just slap their sticker on it. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. And how many of them? Yeah, like you said, come from the exact same factory. I mean, how many fishing lures are just made in the same exact spot using a lot of the same materials, and then just slap a different logo on the you know box, and it's you know. Yep. Charge another. Yeah, and you see that, and you see that a lot in the hard bait market, especially. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, you know, and you're like, God, those two crankbaits look a lot alike, and you're like, Yeah, because they are. <laughs> you know. <Right. laughs> well, my just an example outside of fish. My dad has done HVAC work for since before I was born, so well over thirty years. Um, there's several companies that are owned by the same company. Yeah. And so they will be the exact same unit, the exact same AC heating, a, heating and AC unit, uh, just with a different uh, name slapped on the side of it. Yep. And they'll charge, you know, hundreds of dollars more for this one. Just yeah, yeah, charge accordingly, right? Depending on the brand. Yeah, just because of the name, <laughs> yeah. Yep. But yeah. Um, anything else we need to cover on Finesse Jig? I know we got off on a little tangent. Uh, uh, there, there is one thing. So, so one of the, the items that I will say people have, um, I mean, like I said, the sales have been great on it, you know, stuff like that. So I appreciate that support, obviously. Um, but I will say there's been a few people and stuff that have reached out and, and I totally get their fear is basically if I can flare this open here with, um, 
don't know if you can really see it or not, but just with how close that screw lock is to that, you know, the actual point slash barb of the hook there. Um, you know, a lot of people have fear for like hookup ratio, um, which when I poured up the first couple and stuff, you know, I had the same fear, but obviously, um, you know, one of the things I did for obviously putting on the market there is, you know, I tested the crap out of it because last thing you want to do is, you know, have a jig that comes through cover great. And then you got a hundred people that have all missed, you know, four to five pound bass on it and, uh, you know, come back pretty, pretty upset at you. Right. Um, so anyway, so, you know, with this, uh, you know, sample here, every fish I've caught and so far, and I'm, and I'm you know, being honest here is I'm, I'm 30 for 30 so far with this jig for hookup ratio, um, which is, you know, better than, you know, pretty much everything I've ever thrown outside of maybe a tube at times. Um, you know, and every single fish, it, the trailer has done the same thing is it just simply slides up the hook just like that. And, um, you know, what happens is, you know, you still hook that fish up fine, but then it's basically pinned. You know, you only have that small little gap right there. Um, a lot you know, for it to come off. Right, exactly. You know, so I have even, you know, after I felt confident in being able to, you know, actually, you know, get the hook into the fish. One of the, you know, the other thing I did after a while was, you know, I would hook it and then basically let it swim on a slack line. And, you know, see, and one of the things, once again, like I said, you know, it just, it doesn't really have a good way to get off, um, you know, so that it's honestly, it's kind of, it's, like I said, it was a fear of mine as well, um, you know, but the testing supports that it, you know, it actually has a, has a really good hookup ratio and prevents you from losing fish. Well, in the future, you know, I shouldn't have to say this, but in the future, if if you need help testing products, you can send me prototypes. I don't mind helping <laughs> test them. You just told me you haven't fished in like two months. <laughs> hey, but I'm back at it. I'm back at it. You know. Um. Well, before we move on, let me ask this: How do you choose the trailer for that? For the finale? I was going to ask that too. Yep. <clears throat> Um, you know, once again, for the most part, you know, I'm trying to stay fairly compact. Um, I mean, I will still go up to like a, you know, a four inch chicken cross stuff like that. But honestly, like my two favorite, um, you know, really have been the three inch chicken crawl. Um, the nice thing about that is it fits on there. Perfect. You really don't have to do any trimming on the body or anything. You know, it, it already kind of, you know, sets up nicely on it. Um, but another lure as well, you know, trailer that would be a, a good option too would be like the Rage Menace, um, you know, something like that to where you don't have the, you know, quite as big claws on it, but it's just a, you know, simple kind of kicking motion. Um, you know, those are kind of my, my two main ones, I would say for it. Um, so for the most part, I'm still trying to keep everything compact, small, um, you know, compared to what I would normally throw on like a half ounce flipping jig or something like that. Yeah. So, cool. anything else? Uh, that I was going to ask that, and I, I'm glad you did because that was something I was curious about. All right, so y'all want to move on? You want to talk about the micro spinner? I know Sean yeah, wants to talk about the micro spinner. I uh, man, yeah. I, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, that is going to kill. Uh, hey, so I, I was super excited. I remember when I first saw the ever like him come out and make the post about that i, I tagged you in it because i i saw it i'm like yeah i remember that all yeah. the way right there <laughs> yep no i mean i think i last year on the on the susquehanna river i 
I killed it with an inline spinner. And I feel like this is everything that does plus more. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like it's just gonna be perfect. I can't wait to throw it. Um, I, I threw it a little bit on Saturday. I didn't have a lot of time and there was a front coming through. Uh, I didn't have any, much luck. I was also from shore. I wasn't out in my kayak because the river is still crazy. But it came through all the cover that was around it uh, that I was throwing through amazingly, um, whereas that inline spinner would get s- snagged a lot of times right. in that same stuff. So that's why I'm super excited to throw that on the river. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, you know, the, the micro spinner, it's... um. You know, it's kind of been my first venture into a non-bass specific lure, right? You know, so it's actual kind of main target, not that it's only going to catch those, but is, you know, kind of more like your, you know, your bluegill and your, especially your crappie, um, you know, those kind of, you know, the whole panfish kind of market. Um, but obviously it is going to have a, a good, um, you know, should be part of the arsenal for, uh, you know, bass fishing for sure. And especially, you know, once again, those high pressured bodies of water. Um, I actually had a, you know, a buddy of mine, uh, you know, who helps actually with jig masters a lot, um, Andrew Balser. We're fishing a tournament out on Lake Indian, which is like literally Lake Indian has roughly, I don't know, five tournaments every weekend, you know, and it's not a big lake, you know, so pressure is an understatement, you know, and, um, you know, we're, we're, we've caught a couple fish, you know, nothing crazy, you know, we, we're nowhere, we're not, we're not going to win it by any means at that point. And um, he whips out, you know, like you said, you know, basically like an inline spinner, you know, like a little rooster tail. Um, and all of a sudden he started hammering them, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, you're catching sizable fish, you know, two, three pounders, um, you know, in a lake that doesn't really have many of them. And, uh, you know, he really showed me kind of opened my eyes again to that whole finesse side. Um, when, we, when we talked to Bill Schultz uh, about river smallies, he said a lot of times they do focus on the smaller profiles um even the larger uh smallmouth in the rivers so that's part of the reason why i started throwing a little bit smaller stuff when i fished right. the river yeah and um i will say due to popular request on that um pretty soon here we will be launching an actual like single hook version versus the you know the currently uh, split ring down treble um a lot of people have been requesting that single hook well, what what's going to be the difference there? Like, what's going to make one better than the other, or the different scenarios for each? Or will it still be free swinging, or will it be more like a spinner bait kind of hook? It'll be more of a spinner bait kind of hook. Um, so, so your benefits are one: uh, you're not going to stab your fingers as much, uh, <laughs> you know, unhooking fish. <laughs> um, just to be frank, there, but uh, but two. Right, right. I, I haven't used pliers since Kennedy was in office. You know, I, I never do. So, and, um, well, I can say, I can say for sure, for, <laughs> I can say for sure, like last year when I was using that inline spinner, I had a tr- problem where I was catching a lot of catfish for whatever reason. I don't, I, I didn't, never would have thought that'd be a catfish bait. But whereas bass, when they get hooked, they open their mouth, catfish. Right. You don't lose catfish. <laughs> I could not get that treble hook out of there without destroying the the um, the, uh, the inline spinner. It would get bent to heck trying to get that out of there. So that makes me excited too. Having a single hook. Yeah, yeah. The, the the single hook really it's more on the angler side. You know, there's a little less hassle with it. Um, but I will say that the hook will be just a tick stouter. 
um, too. So like, especially for largemouth and stuff, I, you know, I think it's, you're actually going to have a little bit better landing ratio, um, you know, than kind of that smaller treble. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. I, you know, I don't think I picked any up on my last order. I'm, I'm going to have to pick them up just to, you know, give them a try. Cause like, I, I, I know something like that, you know, like you said, it's based on more like crappie bluegill type stuff, but it'll definitely catch bass. You know, crappie jigs are known to get a lot of bass hits on them. So, yeah, you have to be throwing two pound test with a medium light or a light action rod, and that's when you'll hook your biggest bass, right? So, yeah. and, and it breaks <laughs> right away. <laughs> yep, yep, it happens all the time. You know, then you see it jump and spit out your little crappie jig. You know, you know, I remember uh, I had Doug Markham on here, which he he was like, I guess you could say the media guy for TWRA, which is our what do y'all call them, DNR? Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, TWRA, Tennessee Wildlife Resource Agency. Um, you know, he was like the media guy. He, you know, he I think he had like a TV show back in the day. He had a a radio show and all that. Well, I had him on. He was talking about they were doing like some filming uh one time and he was fishing for crappie. The guy with him was fishing for bass. The guy fishing for bass couldn't get a bite. But he's throwing these little crappie jigs on this little light line and everything, and he's getting tore up by the bass. But as soon as the bass would hit it, it'd break him off. Right, right. So. Well, like I said, unfortunately, that's the way it happens. I mean, uh, you know, I've seen people that like, they give up on musky fishing and start finesse fishing for bass, and then they hook a musky. You know, it's just <laughs> sometimes you swear they know and just want to mess with you. Well, I thought I lost you for a second. Um, so, what 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 are you throwing this on? Like, I assume a spinning combo. Yeah, so so I, I'm pretty much targeting like a medium or medium light spinning rod. Uh, me personally, I always prefer to throw them on medium, um, and that's pretty much anything I use a spinning rod with. Um, yeah, but you're gonna, that's where you're going to go down to your lighter line. You know, it's an eighth ounce. Um, you know, so you're going to go down to that. You know maybe up to 12 pound test, but for the most part, you're going to be throwing on, you know, that eight to 10 range. Once again, fluorocarbon. <laughs> yep. Yep. It makes, uh, it's, it's perfect. Like I said, I, that's the, I was throwing an eight ounce um, uh, inline spinner last year. So I, I mean, the weight for me is perfect. You know, it, it wasn't a ton of you fitch, although I did catch, I think uh, 18 and a half inch molly on a rooster tail last year. So I, I think there is, those are going to come too. Um, so I wouldn't knock it for, you know, only going to be catching small stuff. No, no, for sure. And, and, you know, like one of the, and it's a bait that my dad kicked my butt on for years. You know, I'm out here, I'm, you know, I'm, and this is prior to me even making tackle, you know, but, you know, I'm, I'm throwing all these, you know, you know, super big jigs with, you know, freaking lobsters for trailers and, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And, um, you know, and, and I, you know, he'll pull out that little two and a half inch tube and put it on an eighth ounce ball head, um, you know, and just whip my butt at it, you know, and, uh, you know, drove me nuts. So, and um, now he's catching, you know, he's catching a lot of small fish, but at the same time, he's also catching those big ones too, you know, the, you know, so that once again, that finesse side, you know, there definitely is a, a time and a place for it for sure. As much as I hate it, there is. <laughs> I just need to work on my accuracy with it. You know, I feel like if I could 
throw it accurately, I wouldn't mind it near as much. But yeah, and, that, and that's a big payoff, you know, and especially when you get into like windy conditions or stuff like that. You know, you, you got to set the you know set the kayak up to where you're always throwing downwind and stuff like that. Um, you know, but like I said, there there is a time and a place for it for sure. Cool. Well, I think that's good for the the uh, the micro spin. Um, another one that you're you're you know you're just I mean this show is like tailor made for me because you have a uh, a worm that you want to show or a stick bait and yeah so yeah so I, I currently have a stick bait already out there um, you know really the main design feature on that was that bladed option um, you know the stick and spin um, you know but basically as I'm getting more into soft plastics and I you know I need to actually carry more of these molds on board. Um, you know, one of the things was, is like those, those, that stick bait, or at least the, the current design that's on the website, um, you know, they're super expensive to get machined, right? You just have all those tiny ribs in there and it, you know, it's just a lot of passes. And the other side of it too is, I mean, to be quite frank, you know, the stick bait itself, there really isn't any difference in it compared to the rest of the market. And, um, you know, as you guys know, I always love putting my spin on stuff. Um, you know, with, uh, you know, with performance in mind, obviously, you know, not just designing to design. Um, so anyway, so I was trying to come with a design to get my mold cost down. Um, cause at the end of the day, you know, it's important. Um, but then also too, to get actually, you know, something that's a little bit different on the market, you know, still fished in the same applications. Um, but you know, something with actually, at least what I consider a little bit better performance as well. Um, and yeah, so pretty much this is the new, new design on the body. Um, so instead of that, you know, ribbed kind of body, you actually have a, you know, segmented kind of section there. And what that does is it allows it to, you know, flex a lot easier. Um, and once again, you know, kind of has that little bit of different look, you know, if you want to cut it down, um, you know, it, it actually, you know, tears, you know, nicely. You know, it looks like I didn't do it. simple. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, it looks like I didn't even, you know, have, you know, I didn't take scissors out or anything, you know, it's just, you, know, you just simply, you know, pull a little bit and twist and, you know, boom, now you're there. And it, um, so it, it still nice looks piece. good on the end. Like it don't look right. like you ripped anything off. Yeah. I mean, it literally looks like that's how I poured it. Right. Um, you know, so that's the other nice thing too. You get a lot of flexibility down to, Hey, you know, this part's chewed up. Let me just take a section off. Um, or if you want to get crazy, like, oh, hey, I really want like a, you know, a Ned style. You can just keep taking that down if you want. Um, or you can keep it at its, you know, current size. So it's a little bit bigger profile than some stick baits in the same length. Um, but like I said, it just has, a, you know, it's a little bit more versatile, has a little bit more action. Um, you know, and it's actually got a little bit stiffer plastic too. So it shouldn't tear as easy as a lot of the other stick baits on the market. All right. I got to ask. And, um, you know, you said something about like a, like a Ned rig bait type thing when you break it down, mm -hmm. how well do they float? Yeah. So, okay. So a weird misconception that everybody thinks, and I, and I say that loosely, obviously, but you know, everybody thinks that a Laztex is the only soft plastic material that floats. And um, this is not I, true. I didn't say that. I was just asking <laughs> I know, I know. yours float. Yeah, no, they, it's, a, it's a floating plastic. You know, it's going to tip on right over end. Um, you know, so, um, yeah, it, it's a, you're literally just using a high floating 
plastic plug. The only reason it's sinking down in the water column is because you have a weight on it. Cool. So are, are those available now? Um, so uh, hopefully I'm looking at kind of probably about, I want to say, let's see, what's the date today? When's this air on Monday? Monday, yeah. Oh, so the 5th. So I'm uh, probably looking at the 9th to get all the photos and all that stuff done and, uh, you know, edited and stuff for the website there. Um, so coming really soon. I'm super excited for it. Like I said, when I put the original stick bait on, you know, like I, I kind of liked it. I definitely liked the bladed version. You know, that's definitely something different and, and actually has a, a decent amount of applications. Um, but I'm actually a lot more excited now, now that I actually kind of got a, a body design that I'm proud of. That's so, cool, man. What are you mainly using that for? Like what, what's the idea in your head when you were first coming up with that, with that new design? Like, um, really the main thing was, you know, for the, you know, on a stick bait, so many people wacky rig them. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and the downside to it is there's just so many stick baits out there that are like, you know, painfully soft. Right. So, you know, and I, obviously I'm exaggerating a little bit, you know, you cast it too hard and it comes off, <laughs> um, you know, and, um, you know, fishing tackle is not cheap anymore, you know? And, and, um, so one of my big things was I wanted to get, I wanted to get a lot of action out of it, you know, to where it still has a lot of movement when you do wacky rig it. Um, but doing it more mechanically than you are in just pouring super soft material. Um, you know, so like I said, I mean, that, that all that flexing and stuff is actually a lot more mechanical than it is just the soft material. So using a little stiffer material, naturally you're going to have a little bit better durability out of it. Okay. So, yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to place an order whenever that comes through. Yeah, and, and like I said, the other nice thing of it too is, you know, I mean, it's it's easily customizable to whatever length you want. Yeah, that's nice. And too, still, what's right, you know, versus just chopping a cinco in half, <laughs> you know. Yep, absolutely. There's definitely been times where I've been out on the water where a five inch doesn't doesn't seem to be getting bit, but uh, if I just take a you know an inch off. Uh, it makes a big difference. You know, the fish don't seem to be as shy about it. And yeah, so having that ability to do it on the fly and have it look halfway decent and be clean looking like that, I think that's, that's going to be. Yeah. And, and the clean looking thing, once again, it just brings you back to the confidence thing. Right. You know, if you, if you, if you cut up a, you know, whether it's a Cinco or another, you know, similar stick bait, you know, and it's all jagged and all that stuff. And, you know, not all of it actually mates up to the head because you accidentally cut it at a weird angle or something you know, um, you're probably not going to have as much confidence in it. Um, you know, <laughs> the fish don't necessarily mind, but, you know, it, if you don't have the confidence in that bait, you're not going to fish it to the best of your abilities. And, um, you know, so like I said, I'm really into with a lot of the soft plastics that I'm going to be designing and stuff is basically taking to where a customer can buy a five inch or whatever bait and easily customize it up and down or down, you know, as needed. Right. Sounds That's cool. Like I'm, yeah, I'm excited for them. Like, I, I want to try them. You know, like I said, Ned Riggs been kind of my thing. And so, you know, he's coming over to the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, hey, you know, if it works, I'm, I'm going to use it. You know, at the end of the day, I want to catch fish. And it's, it's not annoying bringing a fish in on the spinning combo, it's just annoying trying to cast it to a specific target. 
Yeah, and and that's one of the things like I always try to get people to understand like with their you know, if they're a little green, you know, hey, what should I do? You know, should I use a spinning reel or a casting reel? And, you know, I'm always going to start them on the spinning reel. And the reason is, is it's it's just easier to not, you know, you don't backlash it. You don't really, you know, it's a little bit easier on the casting side. Now, obviously, target wise, it's not nearly as easy. Um, but at the beginning of the, you know, once, you know, when somebody's green or stuff like that, you know, really, I want them to have a really good experience in those first few trips. And I don't know about you, but if they're, if I was picking out backlashes for eight hours for my first three trips, yeah. probably not going to like fishing, right? <laughs> you know, um, it's like the person that goes golfing for the first time, they get hit by a golf ball, you know, like <laughs> they're probably not going to love it, you know. <laughs> um, you know, so um, so I always start them out on that, but I do try to make them transition fairly quick. And the reason is, is like I said, especially, you know, flipping, stuff like that, um, you can just be so much more accurate, you know, target-wise with a casting setup. Not saying there's not anglers out there that are, you know, with a spinning reel can put a bait anywhere they want to, but just statistically, if you get good enough with a casting reel, it's a lot easier to target fish. Yeah, I mean, if you put in the time, you know, you're going to get pretty accurate with it. I just haven't put in the time, you know. Yeah, I, you I mean, know, I, well, again, I'm the same. I'm the opposite. You know, I, I feel like I and, and we've had this conversation a lot that um, I, I have used a spinning rod for as long as I've been fishing. And just in the past two years, I've started using baitcasters. So I feel like I can put something with a spinning rod much closer than I can with a a baitcaster, but that's just because I'm still learning the baitcaster. Now I'm getting a lot better with baitcaster. So I, I'm starting to see, you know, the accuracy there. But uh, at first, if you would have asked me, I would have said, no way I can. Oh yeah. I right. Can, right. I can. Yeah. You know, and, and the, yeah, you know, and, and the reason is too, is so spinning reels are so much more dependent on muscle memory. Where a casting reel, Hey, you can maybe fling that bait a little too hard you can easily slow it down by just, you know, putting the old thumb on the spool. Um, you know, gradually you don't, you know, knee jerk stop it. Um, but with a spinning setup, you don't really have that option, right? It's all based off of that initial force that, you know, you applied on your cast. Um, so like I said, the spinning setup, it's a lot more muscle memory. So like you said, if you do spinning reel for 20 years straight, hey, you're probably going to have developed relatively good muscle memory on, you know, hey, if I need to throw it mm -hmm. 10 yards, here's how hard I got to throw it, you know. Um, like I said, with the casting one, you can be off and, you know, do those tweaks, you know, just by applying a little pressure with your thumb. Right, right. You have some adjustment. Right. But obviously not optimal for throwing 16-ounce hair jigs on a casting reel. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, cool. Uh, was there anything that we were wanting to cover that we haven't covered? Or we... Um, just a couple things, you know. So, um, one, due to, uh, uh, once again, you know, just a large amount of requests, you know. When I launch lures, you know, a lot of times I'm going to launch it in maybe just a couple weights and maybe just a couple colors, um, you know, because at the end of the day, before I spend, you know, the money and time and all that stuff to, you know, launch a full lineup of it, you know, I kind of want to see that performance feedback from, you know, anglers, you know, all across the states, um, you know, and those recommendations like, hey, I really want to see, um, you know, for example, with the round rubber, 
a big request was that brown and purple or like, you know, a PB and J and stuff. Um, so just so everybody or knows that wire. I am. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Lightwire, exactly. That's every time I launch anything, right? Just text me Lightwire, you know? <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. Hey, whenever you uh, first show me the finesse jig, I'm like, to come in a Lightwire. <laughs> yeah. At time, he doesn't even put the sentence again. It just says LW question mark. And, um, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but just so people know, you know, I, I am listening here. So, you know, we, we do have a PB&J in the round rubber series. Um. And then once again, you know, another request that I've had a, you know, a buttload of, and I just never wanted to do it because I never, at least historically, was a big fan of fishing them. Um, similar kinds of, you know, kind of finestric, but is, um, you know, the, the shaky head. Um, you know, so basically, if you guys can see that there, um, you know, using the, you know, the owner center pin screw lock. Um, you know, some of that, the, you know, design influence and stuff like that was based off of the, you know, the owner ultra head, um, you know, using the uh, must add hook, you know, per usual for me. Um, and there's just some tweaks there in the head that gives you just a, a little bit more, I guess, movement um, without actually, you know, shaking it. You know, so when you stop it, you know, kind of just I've kind of optimized this little area right here to where that bait will kind of pivot back and forth. Um, assuming you have a floating kind of plastic on it. I mean, obviously if it's sinking, it's just going to go to the one side and stay there. Um, you know, but like I said, you know, shaky head's a big thing that's, you know, been requested out of me a lot. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty proud of this one. Cool. And when's that coming? Uh, same time, same time. Okay. So looking at, should be on the, you know, the website here, um, you know, sometime before the ninth. Awesome. And then that would be a fairly wide range of, of weights there going from anywhere from an eighth ounce up to a three eighths to start. And then if there are requests for heavier, you know, I'll, I'll investigate that. Cool, man. Uh, yeah. I'm glad to see you succeed and ho hope you continue to grow and everything. Maybe next time we talk to you, you'll have a EWG Ned rig. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so actually, uh, kind of working on the Ned side, which I'll just tease it. It's not going to be here anytime soon. Um, but I'm actually working on a swinging Ned okay. to where that yeah. plastic will actually kind of move around, you know, even when you're just holding it at still. Oh, Ryan. So, <laughs> oh, Ryan. <laughs> Ah, it. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. We uh, we we talked about doing this this year. I knew that was coming. <laughs> for for anybody listening, not watching, I put something up on the screen here. Say fish cotton twenty twenty one over twelve inches. Ryan to Sean zero. See now uh, that's not true because I did catch a trout that was over twelve inches. Okay, I should put bass. Okay, but. The story behind that is me and Sean had talked about this year, you know, having like a little friendly competition and putting it up on the screen as we record, like how many fish we've caught for the year uh, and see who's got the most at the end of the year. Well, Sean's been out several times this year and he hasn't had any many blood. times, many yeah. times. It's sad. I, yeah. I have stunk it up. Yeah, he hasn't had any luck this year, and I went out my first time. I caught five fish, only two over 12 inches, though. And uh, 
So yeah, I, I had to rub that in Sean's face a little bit. But, but to to be fair though, I live in a much warmer climate where fish are getting a lot more active than where Sean. You know, I'm in Middle Tennessee. He's in Pennsylvania. So. Yeah, my time's coming. It's coming. It, yeah, right. it, we're it, just now starting to get to the good water temps. So April yeah. is going to be a good month. March, not so much. Yeah, the the day this uh, podcast airs, I'm more than likely going to be on the water, and uh, yeah, it's going to be 70 degrees, and so <laughs> water temp probably in the 60s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last time I, so last weekend I was out on a lake and we had 40 degree water temp. Mm. So you're, you're a little ahead of us, Ryan. Yeah, just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm happy to live around here. (laughs) You know, a 40 degree water temp is almost as cold as it gets around here, except for maybe that week we had a blizzard. Right, right. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, so other question though. Are you guys going to be at the uh, the Paddle and Fin meetup here at Dale Hollow? I will not. Unfortunately, uh, I would love to, but Ryan's right there. He he has no excuse. I do have excuses. I, I was planning. <laughs> on, I was I was going to be there, and I feel bad because even Brian on the OG show, you know, he was like, "Oh, all these people, all these Paddle and Fin hosts are going to be there." Started naming them off and said my name, and then this weekend. I found out my kids' baseball and softball schedule, and they both have games that weekend. I I, I believe my daughter even has games Saturday and Sunday. And uh, I'm an assistant coach for my son's uh, little league team. And I I can't do my kids that way. You know, I got to be there for them and their sports and all that. So I – as much as I'd love to be out of Dale Hollow and see this person <laughs> go off and all that, it's gonna, it's it, this really sounds like an awesome time, especially knowing the venue. Um, yeah, Sean, well, both of y'all, y'all were there yeah. at the meetup, but uh, there, um, that last day, uh, y'all had already left. Uh, me, Brian, and Jay, uh, we kind of stuck around for a little bit and, uh, yeah, we got shown the like wedding venue, the farm, <laughs> what he calls it. And dude, it looks so awesome. It's in it's got like a big field beside it, so it's like a lot of room, a lot of land, and and that's where gonna, where the uh I I guess the awards ceremony and all that stuff's gonna be afterwards, gonna be vendors and all that kind of stuff. It's gonna it's gonna be pretty awesome i hate that i gotta miss that but you know my kids come first you know i gotta stick it out with them but good luck to everybody out there i hope everybody makes it out there that's able to you know i hope everybody stays safe and catches a lot of big fish i'll definitely be trying to tune in you know supposed to have uh live coverage so i'll definitely be trying to tune into that and see how everybody's doing yeah, I mean, hey, hey, life happens, man, you know, and, uh, you know, priorities are priorities, so I get that. Um, yeah, I'll be down there, so if things do change or whatever, you know, obviously you can't hit me up, but, uh, yeah, I'll be down there for the full weekend, so. Well, sweet, man. 
And there'll be plenty of light wired jigs in my truck. All right. I'm coming prepared. Yeah, I'm hoping everybody buys everything. I'm hoping people buy everything I got, you know, so I can eat at least for the for the weekend there. So. Well, you know, I'm only like two and a half hours away, so you can just go a little bit further and bring me all those light wires. <laughs> uh, so I guess one last thing, at least from my side, Brian. What are you catching the new PB on this year? Oh, we've been back good. to back years, right? Yeah, yeah. For right, twenty nineteen's the I believe it was the Jigmasters. I was on a flipping, right, or was it football? Yep, no, it was flipping. It was flipping, flipping. and then uh, last year was on the uh, the underspin. It was. I I don't know. It, it might be. It might be the uh, finesse jig. You don't know. Tell you what, I'm calling it right now. It's going to be on a spinner bait, and I'm going to show you how to catch fish on it. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Hearing yeah. that, I have, I have, I, you can't catch fish on a spinner bait. I'm going to show you how. It's going to be great, life changing. Uh, Sean, I don't know about uh, how you feel about spinner baits and stuff, but I, I tell you, I'm a spinner bait junkie. That's you know, jig masters, I understand. You know, I'm definitely jig first, but you know, a very close second is, um, you know, uh, big spinner baits. I have caught a few on spinnerbaits, not a ton, but uh, um, I I think I definitely have a little more confidence in them than Ryan might put. Well, if we're going to start making predictions here, I'm going to say Sean's going to catch a new PV this year. With, I hope so. With the micro spinner. <laughs> I am looking for my first 20-inch <laughs> smallmouth, and I, I think it could happen on that for real. I yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I will say like, you know, when I, when I launched it and, you know, the main vision was, you know, crappie, panfish, stuff like that. But um, I will say a lot of people have reached out saying, oh, dude, that's going to be sweet for smallmouth. And that's what they're, you know, they're actually picking them up for. So oh, yeah, very I, interested I, to see how it all plays out here. I will definitely, definitely send picks. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to, I don't think that I ordered any with my last order, but I'm definitely planning on picking at least a few of those up. And uh, using those out on the river going after yeah. smallmouth. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and, and um, I mean, I'm sure I'll wear out some rock bass on them. Oh yeah, oh yeah, rock bass. Yeah, you'll wear them out for sure. They're they're fun rock. too. They're fun too. Oh yeah, I tell you, get the old big red eyes staring at you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, little mini piranhas. They're they're aggressive. <laughs> uh, but well, cool. um, yeah, we'll have to um, obviously. You know, as soon as we get, you're gonna be able to make the event, but. At some point in life this year, I, I say we all have a nice little meetup and get on the water. Oh, definitely. Uh, there's already some talks. We'll have to get with you. I don't know how far you're willing to travel, but you know, there's been some talks of uh, some places that are a little bit further away for all of us. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I am going to Lake Fork this year, so long as it's within okay, that not, range. Yeah, not, <laughs> not that far away. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. What was it we talked about? Like Table Rock? Table is Rock what is what I heard. In yeah. Arkansas? Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah. Right. Let me know. Cool. But yeah, appreciate you coming back on here. Um, yeah, we, we might have to uh, do another spinner bait episode eventually. Let's do it. Might have to get you and Jody Queen on there to... You know, combine and do spinnerbait episode. 
Uh, tell you what, I, you know, that guy, he's trying to take my claim to fame, I tell you, for being, uh, you know, I just podcast the most. So, uh, like I said, when we both near double digits, I, I say you got to have us both on at the same time. And, there you um, go. <laughs> I, was, I have no idea any reason to pick on this guy. You know, I know I know all, but, uh, competitive by nature, I guess. Um, but hey, yeah, no, I pick on Jody Queen too much, you know. He, <laughs> You compare how much money he wins per year fishing and how much money you win per year fishing. You know, he, he might have to. Hey, you got to enter the tournaments <laughs> to win them, right? So. Uh, but yeah, appreciate you coming back on here, man. Yo, you're a friend of ours. We like talking to you, like helping, helping you grow and all that. And likewise with us. But yeah, another good one. Yeah. Yep, I appreciate it, guys. Well, guys, um, thanks. Oh, for wait, hang, hang, hang on. Oh, wait. One second. You got something? All right. Throw out social media so you know, oh, people yeah, yeah. check out Jig Masters. What do they, uh, where do they need to go and all that? Yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously, the, the easiest thing is, at least as far as, you know, buying product stuff like that, it's going to be the website, which is, uh, you know, it's just www.jigmasters.com. Um, so, pretty easy one there to remember. Um, Instagram is simply at Jigmasters, um, and then the Facebook page is at Jigmasters Tackle. So those are, and then like I said, to anybody if they ever have product questions, um, or you know even looking into like custom, you know, color order stuff like that, um, you know, feel free to reach out to me. You know, whether it's via the contact page or just DM on uh, the social media, and I'll definitely reach back out. Cool. I guess we should give a, sh- a shout out quick to the uh, Pal and Finn Midwest Tour. Um, that's kicking off shortly, probably the weekend after this airs. Um, will be that open, right? Or is it the two weeks after that? It's coming um, soon. When, when this episode airs, are you talking about the Dale Hollow event? Yeah, when yeah. This the episode, Classic Clubs and the Open. Yeah, when this episode airs, it'll be the following weekend. So there'll still be a little so, time, I guess, to maybe yeah, get in on this, that. Um, this comes out also, on Monday, and the Open will be Friday and Saturday, Clash of Clubs on Sunday. And then also, guys, uh, listeners, don't forget, we are we're, we also are uh, still doing the Noobs Tournament, the monthly Noobs Tournament. Uh, I think the last day to sign up for um, for uh, April, April will be passed by the time this airs. But uh, just keep that in mind if that's something you want to try. Um hop in um when we get to may um and congrats to the guys who did uh tough it out for the barge y'all kicked my butt i didn't even put up a fish on the board i'm disgraced i should go you know hide my head in shame because that was sad but it wasn't for lack of trying I'll, I'll just throw that out there i i put in quite a bit of time and just had nothing to show for it but april will be different my water temperatures are finally getting up to where i have my confidence hopefully back but um so keep all that in mind, guys. Again, um, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, checking out. Make sure you check out Cody and uh, Jigmasters. And um, this has been the Bass Fishing for Noobs segment on the Palafin Podcast, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. Good night, guys. Later, y'all.
<laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle in Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Bud and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures located in Northern Illinois for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com.